Welcome to the Deerfield Family Theater Podcast. As part of our Meet the Cast series, I had the privilege and honor to speak with Elise de Roulet, who plays Sandra Bloom in DFT's production of Big Fish. Speaking of Big Fish, in case you're tuning in and didn't already know, DFT is putting on a performance of Big Fish this November of 2022. Opening night is this Friday, November 11th, and that show is already sold out. So visit DeerfieldTheater.com to purchase tickets for one of the other five performances over this weekend and the next one. Without further delay... Here's the interview. Elise DeRoulet, welcome to the DFT podcast. Our female lead, Sandra Bloom in Big Fish. Please say hello and introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, my name is Elise DeRoulet, and I do play Sandra. Um, this is my first Deerfield Theater production. Um, however, I have been a resident for about six years, um, and I love the Deerfield Park District. Um, big fan. Yeah, it's um, really an incredible, like, just all the parks and all the programs and everything that we do here. It's really something. Um, Very warm and welcoming always. Yeah, yeah. And so while it's your first CFT production, have you been performing uh, for a while or is this, are you new to performing? Um, I've been performing for a while. I did take quite a long break. I haven't been in a show in 15 years. Wow. Um, so ever since I've moved to the Chicago area, I have not been performing um, I'm a single parent and my daughter is now old enough where I'm able to um, step away for rehearsals several, several times a week without it really affecting her so much. So that's been wonderful. Um, but yeah, I started when I was um, in elementary school. I was actually very shy, but as a favor, I auditioned for the Cleveland Opera Children's Chorus. Um, I'm originally from Cleveland um, and was in a few operas with them. And from there, started singing with the chorus for the Cleveland Orchestra. And eventually I got enough confidence to try out for plays. And so um, around like 13, I started doing theater regularly and was in anywhere from like three to seven shows a year um, while I was in school. Yeah. Um, So I was very much a heavy performer. And then I went to NYU for theater for my undergrad. Um, And that was an amazing experience, but um, eventually decided that I wanted to have um, a family, and I didn't see that happening in New York. So hence why I am now in Chicago. Okay. All right. Well, you you know, uh, another through line that we've had through this podcast for our longtime listeners is uh, theater isn't just about becoming a professional performer. You know, there's so Mm -hmm. many other life skills that you gain from it. So as somebody who performed so much in her youth and then went on to even study it, like what are some of those takeaways that you've had that you've extrapolated from the, you know, performance, you know, lessons uh, that you've been Mm -hmm. able to apply to your life? In life, um, I think a lot of it is like being flexible and thinking on your feet. Being able to improv is really important, I think, in any job, even in parenting, it's really important. Um, So very good life skills in that. Um, And I think, too, just like going with whatever comes your way. So um, also kind of a theme in Big Fish. It's like your adventure is going to be unique to you. And whatever your experiences are can be a really cool adventure or they can be, um, you know, it is what you make of it, I suppose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And good way way to bring it back to Big Fish. You know, (laughs) this is the third cast interview that I've done. And while I don't know if you've all received PR training, it seems like you're so good on bringing it back to the (laughs) message. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about Sandra Bloom, the role that you play in Big Fish. Tell us a little bit about her background. Well, Sandra um, 
From what we understand, we've, we've looked at the play and we've also looked at the book. So Big Fish is based off of a novel. I don't know if anyone else has you know, said that so far. Um, but in the novel, the relationship between Will and um, Edward is very well written. And Sandra kind of just like peeks in there. So we, what we learn about Sandra is that her mother is mentally ill or sick and she is in bed for most of her life. Um, and her father is a sheriff who is has unmedicated rage issues is the line in the show. Um, but she's also known to be a daddy's girl. Um, so kind of playing off of that and then why would she fall for somebody like Edward Bloom who as a traveling salesman is never really home. Um, like what is it about him that kind of lights that spark in her that she wants to be with him through all of his adventures. Um, so that was something that we kind of talked a lot about as a cast. Um, and and really, I think he just kind of brings that life to her that she never had. Um, she's also a caretaker. So I think that really makes her, um, the fact that she was able to take care of her mother, now she's taking care of her husband as um, he becomes ill. Is that, that's not giving too much away about the show, is it? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, you know, for most of the second act, like she takes on that caretaker role. The first act, Sandra is more of like that, um, the love interest, the the young um, motivator for Edward to end up where he is in the second act. And then the second act, she really is that caretaker. Um, but she's, she's, a, she's an interesting woman, I'll say. Um, and listening to the original actress who played her on Broadway, she said that um, a lot of inspiration was taken from Southern women. Um, so how would a Southern woman react in certain instances? Um, how would a Southern woman um, take it if her husband was away a lot or, you know, was this type of person like Edward, like a very, um, I don't know, exaggerated personality? You know, how would, how would a Southern woman react to that? So I did take that into consideration when, you know, kind of studying up on Sandra and creating the character. Um, but she's, yeah, she's fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and and so you already started to touch on it, but were, was there anything else that you did, uh, you know, to prepare for the role? Um, yeah. So we did, we did read the book. We did a lot of um, talking together, um, especially as a family, as the Bloom family, we all kind of got together at the beginning and talked about what our motivations would be for certain scenes um, what our history was, why we might um, react in the ways that we do. Um, and I think that was really key to us forming a bond. I feel like we have a very strong bond as a Bloom family, even backstage. Um, and we really feel um, that kind of like intimacy that a family feels. So I feel like Joe is my son and I feel like Edward is my husband and I feel like Josephine is part of the family. And um, it's, it's, I think that definitely shows on stage when we're performing too. Mm -hmm. and, and this is a tale across time, right? So like the Bloom family, yes. some characters mm -hmm. have different ages. You want to talk a little bit about that? And, and was that also part of the yeah. family? It wasn't just like the core family. It was family across time. Yeah. Um, the, the time is interesting. I don't think I've ever played a role that has spanned from, you know, early teenage years to, you know, grandma age before. Um, and while I do take into consider into consideration some like physical differences that would happen, like in the way that they move or walk. Um, but I think really a lot of it is like energy level. Um, uh, 
you know, young Sandra and young Edward, they, we have this like bubbly, big energy. And as we get older, it kind of fades into a more like calm, a calm, um, like centered, grounded energy. Um, and I think that was like a really nice way to play with it. But we do like jump back and forth throughout the show. So we have, um, uh, for example, you know, we might be, I might be a mom in one scene and the next scene I'm 16. And then the next scene I'm 24, the next scene I'm 60 and then I'm back to 40. And, you know, so um, I think that it is very fun and challenging to do that. But um, yeah, I think those shifts in energy are really helpful. And we see a lot of the music as well. Um, I don't know if you have gotten a chance to hear the score, but um, we have beautiful, beautiful orchestrations that do a really wonderful job of kind of playing with time, um, keeping themes, but then changing based on, you know, um, the ages and the themes that are going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, so Elise, I, uh, while I know that this is your first show back, uh, after having, you know, performed when you were, uh, when you were younger, um, you know, still, we'd still love to get your perspective on the pandemic and, and, you know, what that was like for you. The pandemic was rough, but I feel like it was a good reset in a lot of ways. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to continue working through the pandemic, um, and I worked in person for most of it. Um, I managed day program for adults with disabilities, um, and it is always a job where I feel like I'm acting to some extent, um, especially during the pandemic when people's morales are really low. You have to be that like positive energy all the time, and um, but when the pandemic happened and everyone was very stressed out um one of the things that i was looking at was how do i do self-care when i am you know working with people and then home and can't really go anywhere so i came across this app called smule and it's a singing app and it's a social network and so essentially you can sing with people from all over the world um and there's a lot of broadway people on there not broadway like in on Broadway, but people who like Broadway theater um, and musicals. And um, so I connected with a lot of people there and started singing. And that kind of rekindled my love of theater and of singing. And it gave me the confidence to try out. And so as soon as I heard that it was going to be Big Fish, I was like, I got to start working on the songs. I want to start listening to it. Um, I, there are a few people that I sing with, one's in Florida, one's in Oregon, um, and one's in Wales, and they all sing Big Fish songs with me. And it's really, really cool that I have that, that like support network as well. Um, but, you know, that was kind of my pandemic. It was um, a lot of work and a lot of singing. <laughs> so, oh gosh, that's so interesting. So this Smule app, is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, it does it allow for like uh, like you to sing along with somebody or is it like you sing and they sing and then you get to listen to the track together? Like, how does it work? So you record, you can work two ways. You can record a video. So let's say we're doing um, the duet Time Stops, you know, from Big Fish. Um, that was Edward and Sandra. So I can go in and it's almost like a karaoke track um, where you hear the music and then I would come in for Sandra's parts and record that. And it's on video um, and with the microphone. Mm -hmm. um, and I submit it and then it shoots out to all my followers and then to anyone who might search for that song. Um, 
and they can go in and then record over it with Edward, with Edward's part. And so then when it the video is together, um, it plays both parts like side by side. And um, you can have like, like my track could be joined by like six or seven other people from different places. And so you get all different dynamics. It's really cool. The other way is you can join someone else's recording if you like what they're singing. And um, and yeah, so you kind of make friends that way by then commenting and following people. And it's really fun. <laughs> Social music media? Like, I don't know if there's like yes. a portmanteau <laughs> you can create out of that. But that's, yeah, that's super interesting. Wow. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, one of the episodes... Um, uh, we talked about, you know, like what cool technology came out of the pandemic for the theater musical world because mm-hmm. of, you know, our inability to get together in person. Um, yeah. So, um, so. Something else that's really interesting about it is that it has these fun filters. So you can filter out your voice to be like a robot or W or like pop or, you know, whatever filters you want to put on it. But then you also have the video filters and they're connected with like TikTok and Snapchat so you could have it really like Halloween. They had all these um, different, almost like masks you could put on with the filters to make it like a spooky challenge. Or they would have like a filter for the music that would make it sound spooky. Um, and and so it's really fun. It kind of like plays with all the other things going on on social media. I think in the hopes that you'll share it to your pages. But I'm just a little too shy to share it to my Facebook page <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Keep it on the CEO app. Yes. Yes. Um... <laughs> So uh, while you may be shy in your personal life, since you performed in something like seven shows a year uh, when you were younger, (laughs) um, you've got a lot of performing experience. Let's hear from you Mm -hmm. on what have been some of your favorite performances of all time. And I don't make you pick one because that's not very nice of me. So you could pick a few of your (laughs) favorites and why. Sure. I think when I was in the opera, I did La Boheme. And that experience was just amazing. It was wonderful being like nine or 10 years old and having somebody who was, you know, paid to essentially watch over me and give me cues and dress me. And that, that's just such a cool experience when you're that age and to get to meet the people in the orchestra pit and the professional opera singers um, to see what that kind of um, to see the big, big theater in Cleveland and how things go backstage. That was that was amazing. Um, I think, though, I also really loved playing the narrator in Joseph. Um, I feel like that's a role where you can really bring your personality to it. And it was really just me narrating the show. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, and I would say the last one would be The Sound of Music. And that was the last professional one I did before I moved to New York. And um, funny enough, I actually, prior to moving to New York, I spent a year at English boarding school. Um, and my parents were moving to Switzerland. So when we were doing Sound of Music and we were crossing over the mountains to Switzerland or that like that to me was very symbolic as well, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the cast on that. And I really think the casts make the show. Um, those relationships that you build, that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then putting on your uh, your other hat of audience member. If, if, if you're able to, with all the performing experience that you have, just sit back and enjoy a show. Um, mm-hmm. What have been some of your, your favorite shows to go to over the years? Um, when I was growing up, my favorite show was Starlight Express, um, which for those of you who don't know, is uh, an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical that is all done on roller skates. And I was fortunate enough to see it in London several times. And I got to see the closing performance as well, because it closed while I was in boarding school over there. 
Um, so that was that was really fun and um, just something about you know being who you are um, inside and knowing that if you're true to yourself that you know good things will come to you and you'll have things like love and find your purpose and all that. I think that was very meaningful, you know, as a, as a teenager to me. Um, I also really liked, and I think I'm probably one of the only people in the world who liked this show, um, but it was taboo and it was the boy George musical. Um, and it was about how his life kind of paralleled this performance artist called Lee Bowery. And it was all set in like the nineties club kid scene, like early nineties, late eighties. Um, but the actors in there were phenomenal. And it was one that like really touched my heart. And again, it was more about like, if you're different, it's okay to be different and um, just be who you are. So I, maybe th- maybe that's the theme that I really like in musicals. Um, but like my favorite show to listen to um, would probably be Les Mis because the orchestrations are just incredible. Just like the first time I saw it in a theater and heard the orchestra, it was like one of those moments where you just like, it brings you to tears. It's so beautiful. Um, and there are moments in Big Fish, I feel like that as well. Um, and that's one I would actually really like to see. I've never seen Big Fish performed, um, but that's one I would, is definitely on my bucket list to see. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so for all the other listeners that uh, that need <laughs> to go and see Big Fish, because uh, we want to, we want everyone to go see it. Uh, what give, give them a good reason, you know, to go see it. Even, you know, other than you just want to see it, even though you're performing it. If only we could clone you and have one of you go up on stage and the other sit in the audience. But <laughs> since we can't do that, everyone else should come see it. So give give them a good reason to come and see the show. Uh, I will. I'll, Giants and flying fish. Ooh, oh, I think that's enough. I think yeah. I think you did it. So, <laughs> so we'll just end with one more question that I, I'd like to start asking all our guests, and that is: Assuming you're planning to go see it live, is it okay to listen to the music of a musical before seeing it live? Absolutely, I definitely think so. Especially because it, it, um, I think when you hear something familiar and you kind of can put two and two together, it's like it kind of engages you more. Um, although, you know, I can see the benefit of not of not listening to it, but but um, it's a great soundtrack. So I think if you do listen to it before you go, you will want to see it more. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, our very own Sandra Bloom, Elise DeRoulet, thank you for coming on the DFT podcast. Thank you. Please come see the show. And that's our show. Please share this podcast to help support the work of Deerfield Family Theater. An even better way to support DFT is to go see Big Fish this weekend. Visit DeerfieldTheater.com to purchase tickets. As always, links are in the show notes. If you'd like to get in touch, send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash DFT. We might even add your voice message to a future show. Until next time, thanks to everyone who continues to support the arts. We'll see you at the theater.